Hey, welcome to the Coach Bo Knows Podcast from the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at OAGKS.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram at Coach Bo Knows Show is our handle. Check out the Facebook page and search for the Coach Bo Knows Show. You'll find it. And you can always email the show at show at gmail.com. Today is episode 33. Got to kind of wrap up the past week, a couple of headlines, and then get into a couple of quick subjects. Not going to be here a whole lot today. We're going to save the big stuff or the um, the podcast for the point five pod when Ellen joins me on Friday. But I uh, want to start off a little bit. Just uh, We had some bad news in the NFL this past weekend. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, has passed away, uh, hit by a hit by a dump truck on I-595 near Fort Lauderdale. This is on uh, on Saturday. Looks like what happened was his car stalled and there was an issue and he was trying to cross a couple of lanes of interstate traffic to get help and uh, was struck by a vehicle and was he died on the scene. Um, my heart, my thoughts and prayers are definitely with Dwayne Haskins, his family. Uh, just a tragedy, 24 years old. Um, I mean, just so sad. It's just too young for anybody. And I uh, just hate to see that. So uh, keep the Haskins family, uh, Steelers family, everybody involved in this. And keep them in your thoughts and prayers. Just a sad, sad thing to see a young man pass so young. Going to uh, go from one sad note to a quick hot, uh, a good note. Uh, Scotty Scheffler has won, the, has won the Masters. The world's number one ranked golfer in his first week, first event, I should say, uh, as the number one player in the world, wins the Masters, wins by four strokes, um, earning him a cool paycheck of $2.7 million. Um, I was just reading... I did not get to watch any of the Masters this weekend. I had been super slammed and busy. Um, I did, did read that over his last six starts, Scotty Scheffler has emerged now as the number one player ranked in the world and has made $8.8 million in his last six starts. That includes four wins and a top ten finish. And he was pretty dominant this weekend. Um, I read the ESPN article. I saw the interview. with him. He was really nervous. Starting the day on uh, Sunday, not knowing if he was, as he said, ready, but uh, he sure looked ready and uh, finished it up. I know he had a little hiccup there on 18, but he was so far ahead that it didn't matter. And so uh, shout out to Scotty Scheffler. Congratulations on winning the Masters and uh, staying as the number one player in the world. Someone who was a 30-1 to 1 underdog at one point a couple weeks ago wins the Masters while ranked number one. So... Pretty amazing story there. Before we get into our two big stories of the week, I do want to talk about our brand new sponsor here on the Coach Bono's podcast, and that's Gold Belly. Um, Gold Belly was founded by Joe Ariel, and it is, uh, Joe Ariel talks about this is his mission. He's here to bring smiles to people's faces with an edible hug, a connection to a loved one, even though you may not be with them. A moment of nostalgic comfort, a craving for a beloved food memory. Now, Bo, what the hell are you talking about? I'll tell you what you're talking about. Go into our show notes. You're going to get a link for Gold Belly. And when you're going to go, Gold Belly is a great place to get 
food from around the country, restaurants, uh, chefs. There are subscriptions on here. Let me tell you about some of the chefs you can find. Imagine getting food from Wolfgang Puck, from Duff, Go from Duff Goldman. Yeah, Charm City uh, himself. Restaurants like Hattie B's Hot Chicken, Lou Malnati's Pizza, Skyline Chili in Cincinnati. These are all places, look, I love to travel. And whenever I travel, I love to eat out. I love to try new things. And I love to try the signature places of, of places that I go. And this has been a great way to do this. So for me, one of the things I love in Chicago, my favorite pizza place is Lou Malnati's. I know a lot of people like Giordano's. I love Giordano's as well. But I like Lou Malnati's a little better. Here's a way I can get Lou Malnati's pizza brought, sent to me here in Lawrence. Or I can get Hattie B's Hot Chicken from Nashville sent to me in Lawrence. It's an incredible idea, and it actually includes my favorite restaurant of all time, the Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Folks, if you haven't tried this, you've got to get on it. So jump on. You'll see our show link. In our show, link, in our show notes, you'll see a link. You can save $25 on your first order of $50 or more. Not only do you have these world-renowned restaurants, you've got stuff from chefs like Wolfgang Puck, like Duff Goldman. You can also get the full line of Martha Stewart's pastries. You can even get Megan the Stallion's new H-Town Hottie Pie. Believe me, I'm definitely ordering that. Uh, they've got live cooks, cooking classes. Gold Belly is a great way to check out different food from different places. Or if maybe you're thinking about surprising somebody with something that maybe you have a memory with them from, send them something through Gold Belly. We're trying it out. It's a great experience. Highly recommend it. And we thank Gold Belly for being a great sponsor here on the Coach Bono's podcast. Two main stories I want to talk about today. First one I want to get into is the Brian Flores uh, lawsuit. A um, little more serious stuff today. Uh, if you're familiar, the Brian Flores lawsuit against the NFL, Brian Flores, the former coach of the Miami Dolphins, is suing the NFL. He's now named uh, a number of teams specifically. And now this week, two coaches have joined in with Brian Flores on this lawsuit against the NFL and, the, and their teams. Uh, Steve Wilkes, who is the former head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, uh, he was the head coach of the Cardinals for a year in 2018. And Ray Horton, who's a former NFL assistant, who interviewed for the Tennessee Titans head coaching job in 2016. Both are claiming racist practices. Now we're going to talk about each case here just for a moment. First off is Wilkes. Um, in Wilkes' case, he was given the job, and in his words, and according to his lawyer, Wilkes was discriminated against as a bridge coach, in quotes there, uh, who was not given any meaningful chance to succeed. Wilkes was 3-13 and 13 his one season with Arizona before being fired and replaced by Cliff Kingsbury, the current coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, lawyers wrote that while Kingsbury has been successful, quote, Mr. Wilkes, given the same opportunity afforded to Mr. Kingsbury, surely would have succeeded as well. I have some thoughts on this, and I don't disagree. Um, you know, I look at this, and Steve Wilkes, I, I do think that we see a lot of this with a lot of uh, black coaches, to be perfectly frank. They're brought in to take the brunt of a one-time situation, a one, maybe it's a bad salary cap situation, or just a bad team, 
or the team you know suffers and does stop you know, picks up uh, players or maybe gets uh, picks up draft picks for the next year. I think we're seeing that in Houston right now as well. These are the kind of things I think we're seeing in this process, and I don't disagree. If it was something where, if you look at what happened with Arizona in 2018, they didn't really put much of an effort into that season. They didn't sign players. They didn't draft well. They made a couple of trades and had some veteran players leave, and they did that really knowing that this was going to be more for the future. I don't think anyone was inspired by the hiring of Cliff Kingsbury one year later. Uh, this is a guy who was actually going to be the offensive coordinator at USC before getting, the, for some reason, getting the Arizona Cardinals head coaching job. So I don't know exactly how anyone could argue against this one, but I'm certainly that the NFL and the player and the teams are going to try. The second one I find is even more troubling because the allegations are damning in this case. And this is Ray Horton, who interviewed for the Tennessee Titans job in 2016. And in that, he was told after the fact, um, he did not get the job. That job was given to Mike Malarkey, who had been the interim coach in 2015. So clearly what it looks like is the team decided we're going to hire the interim coach, Mike Malarkey, but they have to follow the Rooney rule and have to give an interview to a minority candidate. In this case, Horton. So Horton was never going to get this job. He was never even going to give him the opportunity a job. It is a sham. It's a sham interview. It's the downside of the Rooney Rule. While I think the Rooney Rule's intentions were, were good and in good place in the beginning, this has been the, un, the unintended consequence of this rule. And I think it's happening more often than we think. Um, you know, we had the John Gruden situation years ago where the Raiders were going to hire John, Thud John Gruden by hook or by crook, but had to do interview other candidates. In this case, the, the Tennessee Titans, um, you know, are going to hire Malarkey, who was the interim coach, but then have to give an um, interview to Horton. And it's just not fair. You can say that, you know, he got the experience of having a, uh, an interview, but... Is it really experienced if he has no chance at getting the job? I mean, why not just be frank with the guy and say, hey, we're bringing you in for this job, this interview, because we have to? I mean, you can't necessarily do that either. So I, I think that it's an indictment on the Rooney Rule. And in my view, the Rooney Rule has a lot of issues. And this is the unintended consequence of that issue, of the, of the rule itself. And the NFL instead has decided to go ahead and double down instead of tweaking the rule in a way to say, hey, if it's an interim coach, you don't have to do this. Instead, they've said, no, instead, we're going to make you do two interviews. And we're going to make you do interviews for offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, these sort of things. It's all a sham. It's all a sham from the NFL side and what they're doing. And I, I, I'm disappointed and now we're looking at, you know, two more people are going to join Brian Flores in this deal. We're going to find out. It's information is kind of already out there. The reason for Brian Flores' firing was the Dolphins were hoping to get Sean Payton. They were hoping that Sean Payton they could make some kind of deal to bring Sean Payton over from New Orleans, and, and whoever it looked like they were going to Brian Flores has done a great job, and I think he's done a hell of a job. And this, is, this lawsuit's going to now affect Brian Flores' 
future as far as being a head coach in the NFL. You know, he is working as a special assistant in Pittsburgh right now. But Brian Flores does not deserve to be fired by the Dolphins. I mean, he ended the season with a seven-game win streak. Uh, never had a quarterback that he really wanted and trusted. This is all about an owner with a hubris who wanted to get a big-name coach in Sean Payton. He was trying to shoot for the moon and get Tom Brady to be his quarterback. I think he would have been just as, effect- just as effective to have Brian Flores as head coach as it would be Sean Payton. This is coming from a longtime Saints fan. So um, just a couple of concerns I have here. And seeing that this week really upset me that I saw a couple. I mean, I'm happy that the coaches were able to join the lawsuit, and I wish them success in this lawsuit. But I'm a disappointment in how the NFL has handled this all the way. The last thing I've got today, and again, I want to make this, ep- this episode really kind of a shorter episode, and Major League Baseball just kicked off its season. And... Um, you know, it's a great weekend so far. We've had, you know, three or four games per team. Uh, we've only got one team that's winless and one team that's undefeated. Uh, of course, you had the, every team that had a series this weekend. Of course, it was the Baltimore Orioles who were the only winless team and the Tampa Bay Rays, the only undefeated team. Everybody else has got at least one loss or at least one win. But what I want to talk about is the new collective bargaining agreement. And where I want to go with this is... I think the players messed up. <laughs> uh, the, collective, the new collective bargaining agreement, the players were able to get a restructuring of the, uh, the we call the, the competitive balance tax. This is basically, they don't have a salary cap. Instead, they have a luxury tax. And in this luxury tax, they get the, they have thresholds now, a first, second, third, and fourth threshold. And then there's three different amounts of percentages that teams will pay if their payroll goes over. In short, I'll cut out the BS for you. A team has a competitive balance tax they must pay if their payroll for one year in 2022 is over $230 million. Now, currently, there are only four teams in Major League Baseball that have that. The Phillies, the Yankees, the Mets, and the Dodgers. Now, they are all going to be subject to first-time payers under this so anything over $230, they will pay a 20% luxury tax. That tax is then distributed to all the teams that fall below the uh, threshold. Now, there is a, third, a second, third, and fourth threshold. They go up at $20 million increments. At $250, $250 million, that first-time payer pays 32%. Of $250, only two teams are in that group right now. That is the New York Mets and the L.A. Dodgers. After that, you have a $270 million threshold, excuse me, and the fourth threshold is $290 million. There's nobody above the fourth threshold. One team above the third is the L.A. Dodgers. Now, the Dodgers will pay a 62.5% um, tax on all salaries above the 270. In that case... Their current payroll is $284 million, so they'll pay a 62% tax on $14 million. Again, those monies will then be distributed to all the teams under the first threshold. So it's going to be right now, all the taxes created by the top four teams are then distributed to the other 26 teams. That is the competitive balance tax. And those will just, they will move up each year for the next few years. However, 
here's what it's created. It's created a couple of monsters on the bottom side. Now, in leagues like the NFL and in the NBA, they have a hard salary cap. You cannot go over the cap. We've talked about that numerous times about the NFL, for instance, and everything that's gone with them trying to stay, teams trying to stay under the cap when it comes to signings and bonuses and everything else. The NBA, those, those contracts are fully guaranteed, and they have, a, they have a cap as well. However, both leagues also have a minimum. I'm going to give you an example. In the NFL, the way the minimum works, it takes the salary cap at 80%, and you must spend an average of 80% over a three-year period. Meaning that you have to, if you've gone three years, and on your third year, all three years are under the 80%, then you must either come up to that threshold that you must come up to, to make it up to 80%, or you're charged a penalty by the NFL. Now, that's never actually happened in the NFL. The closest we've seen is the Jacksonville Jaguars currently. That's why they've spent a whole bunch of money this offseason, is that they have to go as close to the cap as they can possibly get. They actually have to go over the minimum by about $10 million in order to make theirs even, because they've been lower for the last two years. A lot of that has to do with having a young quarterback as well. You have an experienced quarterback, it's a little easier to drive that cap up. But back to Major League Baseball, what we're now seeing is... Major League Baseball, because there is no floor, no floor, no penalty. There's no penalty and thus no incentive to actually pay players. So we talked about the L.A. Dodgers are the number one highest payroll in Major League Baseball. That payroll right now is $284 million. We talked about the first threshold being at $230 million. The average Major League Baseball roster right now is $144 million, $144.9 million in 2022. 13 teams above it, 17 teams below it. When you just take the number and you average it out by 30. However, if you want to go for half the average number, 144 is the average, half of 144 is $72.45 million. There are four teams that are below that number. The Pittsburgh Pirates are at 66 million, the Cleveland Guardians at 56 million, the Oakland A's at 48 million, and the Baltimore Orioles at 41 million. Pittsburgh's at 66, and they just paid a player a new contract that was $8 million just this weekend. Uh, they were below 60 up until this coming weekend, this past weekend previously, I'm sorry. In the Oakland A's case, again, they are the second lowest payroll right now. We have seen the Oakland A's moving every veteran player and getting rid of every major contract they've got on their team. They have gotten rid of numerous players in the offseason, driven that salary, their salary clear down to $48 million. I'll repeat that, down to $48 million. And we're here in Kansas, Kansas City. The Kansas City Royals are almost double that number at $94 million, and they're only 23rd in the league. I know I'm someone who attacks the Royals as being poor spenders, and they generally speaking are, but $94 million is damn near double 
what the Oakland A's are doing. It's only two million away from being double what Oakland has done. Now, Oakland's a special thing. What they're doing right now is the Oakland A's as an organization are trying to get a new ballpark. They are trying to find, they, right now they are working on a deal that would give them a $1 billion stadium. Yes, $1 billion stadium in the downtown Howard Terminal waterfront uh, department. This is a development, I'm sorry. Which is a development in Oakland near the waterfront where they're talking about spending $15 billion as an overall project. The heart of that would be a $1 billion stadium for the Oakland A's. The Oakland A's are asking for a billion dollars from the state of California and from the municipality of Oakland. Yet they're only spending $48 million on their major league payroll. That's 28 players in their contract. That's just ridiculous. I mean, if the, if the L.A. Dodgers want a new ballpark and you're going to spend $300 million off those, $284 million, I'll listen to your situation there. Oakland, the Oakland A's, $48 million, and they want a new ballpark. What incentive do the people of Oakland, the state of California, or anything, or anyone else, for that matter, have that the Oakland A's care about winning? Do they care about putting the best product they can put on the field? I understand that if you own a team, you're trying to make money. Look, these sports franchises are just, they're... They're cash machines. But you, I think, really think you owe it to the people in the area in which that team operates to put the best product forward. It's the same as I own a business, and every one of my clients, every one of my customers, anybody that works with me, I want to give them the best service, and I want to give them the best product that I can. And the Oakland A's have chosen not to do that. So what are the Oakland A's going to do? What if they don't get this? Now, right now, this downtown Howard Terminal uh, waterfront development is facing two lawsuits. One of these lawsuits is ridiculous. One of these lawsuits is because of doing a lack of addressing concerns in their 3,500-page environmental impact report. Uh, according to this, it looks like they did a half-assed job in their environmental impact report wanting to do this proposed waterfront ballpark. The Oakland A's seem to have been doing a, a half-assed job on everything, That's not just including how they pay their players, but what they're trying to do uh, here at this new development. They're facing multiple lawsuits, and this thing is just not going to get done. But what is the what is the biggest challenge or the biggest thing going with their, what's the other piece in the back pocket of the Oakland A's? Well, if you recall, a couple of years ago, the Oakland Raiders moved to Las Vegas, and Las Vegas has money. Las Vegas love to have a Major League Baseball team, and it looks like they may have a willing tenant. Now, Commissioner Rod Manfred has gotten involved and in going as far as talking with Nevada Governor uh, Steve S S uh, Sisolak and trying to receive state funds to build a ballpark in Las Vegas. Listen, the commissioner wouldn't get involved unless the owners liked this idea. The Oakland A's have no... There's no situation where the Oakland A's want to stay in Oakland. They saw what the Raiders got. They saw everything that the Davis family got, and they said, our turn. And that's exactly what's going to happen. Now, the governor has not. He's threatened to block uh, the, the, the A's from moving to Las Vegas, 
by holding up demands for the hundreds of million dollars in subsidies for a new stadium. But that's kind of an empty deal. Again, I think that we'll see at some point Major League Baseball and the Oakland A's make a deal to move the A's to Las Vegas. What this reminds me of, you know, in baseball, one of the most famous movies out there is Major League. And if you remember the premise of Major League, it was the new owner of the Cleveland, uh, the Cleveland Indians at the time, uh, the fictitious woman who was the wife of the deceased owner, says she wants to move the team to Miami, so she gets the worst possible team she can so they can get out of their contract. It seems that someone has taken an imaginary playbook and done exactly that in Oakland. This is just, it's deplorable, it's asinine, and in the end, it just might work. How weird is that? Hey, last thing I want to bring up, I want to talk about, it was this first week of Major League Baseball. Um, how many people are cord cutters out there in the world? My wife and I became cord cutters a couple years ago. We had direct TV for years and years and years, which I loved because we had Sunday ticket for the NFL. I got the baseball package. I was able to watch all my favorite baseball team, you know, the Boston Red Sox, and every game I wanted to watch because they were all on TV. But now we've got some people who have cut the cord. Uh, I myself, I actually have the MLB TV package, the streaming service, which is really great. It's $129 for the year. I get every game that's streamed on MLB TV. There is only one downside. That's that the local team, which for me is the Kansas City Royals, their games are blacked out. We don't have Bally Sports, which Bally Sports is the regional sports network for the Kansas City Royals. They're not available on Hulu or any other streaming service. And we're seeing this now in a number of places. There are actually 14 teams who are on who have their local um, their local stream or their local uh, broadcasts on Bally Sports. The biggest one's the Chicago Cubs. And Bally Sports is owned by Sinclair Broadcasting. Now Sinclair Broadcasting is working on its own in-market streaming service. Um, Major League Baseball has pushed back from this a little bit. They're trying to get this done. They're saying by this summer. Uh, Belly Sports also has a contract with 16 NBA teams and 12 NHL teams. And Belly Sports is trying to, through Sinclair, come up with some sort of streaming subscription where you'll be able to stream your local games. Um, I want to keep my eye on this to see how this works. And what comes of this is, I know that, you know, for my wife, who is a Royals fan, we won't be able to see Royals games unless they're on ESPN or, you know, FS1 or something like that. Um, Or if they're like on Peacock or Apple TV, we'll be able to get those games if we have those streaming services. But now it looks like Sinclair wants to jump in with its own streaming service just for these 14 baseball teams, 12 NHL teams, and 16 NBA teams. I'm going to be interested to see what happens as far as will it be one cost for the service for all teams, like MLB TV does? Will it be a service just for your team? Will it be a service just for your city? So if you're in a market that maybe has multiple ones, if you're in Chicago and it's the, the, uh, the Cubs and the Bulls, can you get both for one fee? I'm interested to see how this is going to work. There's so many moving parts to this right now. And, and Sinclair is just trying to figure that out. And Sinclair's a parent company to Belly Sports. 
kind of one of those let's see what happens kind of things here um, coming up in the next few months and in the next year um, as we see some of these rights and seeing people who are cutting the cord across the board. The other thing I find interesting is that now we have what used to be a lot of the, uh, the games that we could find on cable. Things like Monday Night Baseball, it used to be on ESPN. Um, the Friday Night Baseball games used to be on ESPN. Those are now on Apple TV. Um, the games that were on TBS the last couple of years from Major League Baseball are now being moved to Peacock. So now we have these other services. Everyone's trying to get content. And by getting more content, it's making it harder to follow one team or to watch particular games. If you're a baseball fan and you want to watch a lot of teams, but you want to be able to see all of your team, you might have to have four or five different content providers just to catch all your games. You may have to have MLB TV plus Apple TV plus Peacock plus ESPN plus. What else do we have to buy? I mean, I got away from DirecTV because it was $300 a month. I feel like I'm spending at least 100 100 a quarter right now on streaming services. So this is my little bitch about thing to bitch about this week. I did find that story on Sinclair and what they're doing with Bally Sports. It was frustrating. I wanted to watch the Royals opening day and I couldn't stream it because they're not they're blacked out on MLB TV. So just one of those things. I kind of want to see how things are going to progress with, with uh, Sinclair and what they're doing there as well. Well, with that, we're going to get up out of here for the week. Um, I want to thank uh, Tyler Jones and everybody at Studio Soapbox for all you do behind the scenes. Hey, join me. I will be on the broadcast on the uh, podcast with Tyler Jones this Thursday on the Jones Report. We're going to talk about a couple of big NFL trades, kind of start previewing the NFL draft. We're going to start doing some NFL draft talk here the next couple of weeks as well. Should be some fun stuff. We may even play around with a live Coach Bono's podcast on Thursday night of the NFL draft. A little, we'll see a little, little thing, a little something out there, see if people are looking forward to that as well. So uh, most importantly, I want to thank you, the listener. Thank you for uh, getting us, however you get us, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. We really appreciate you. Please, if you have a moment, rate us and review us. Give us five stars if you have the opportunity. We really appreciate it. It helps us out quite a bit. Don't forget to check out the show notes and our great new sponsor, Gold Belly. Give it a shot. Get $25 off your first order, $50 at Gold Belly. And you'll see those through that link in the show notes for this bunch of this month. So, until next time, I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. Have a great week. Remember, your time tokens are non-refundable, and we will talk to you on the point five on Friday. Take care, folks.